tell you, I told the men in the prayer room, God started working on my heart in a most unusual way this week and uh, laid unusual verses on my heart. I want to share them with you and speak from my heart, if I may, for a few moments uh, this morning. I want you to know I am uh, nothing, perhaps less than that. When I look at my life and my ministry, oh, I'm ashamed. But for the grace of God, go I. I'm not speaking to you this morning from an elevated position of sinless perfection. But I want to speak to you from my heart about what God has spoken to me about. The Bible said in Genesis chapter number 32 and at verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. He said, I'll not let thee go except you bless me. He said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob answered him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him that. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he hauled it upon his thigh. That means he limped. And therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is in the hollow of the thigh, to this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, the sinew that strength. Let's pray. Father, God, we need your help. Lord, we need the conviction power of the Holy Spirit. We need you to search hearts. We need you to do a work. God, we need you, Lord, to do it all because I'm unable. Lord, bless us and help us as only you can. Do that as be pleased in thy sight, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated. There's a great big portion of the book of Genesis that deals primarily with Jacob. Now, it starts in verse in chapter 25. And one of the first things that you see Jacob doing is robbing with some pottage, robbing the birthright of Esau. And then you see in chapter 27 how that Jacob, through misrepresentation, through lying, 
He puts on a, a hairy garment. He knows that Isaac, his father, has trouble seeing and he's about to die. And so he's going to bless somebody. And he wants a little deer meat. He says, bring me some Vincent. And Esau, now he's a hunter. He's a strapping guy, man's man. And apparently pretty hairy fellow. He goes out to hunt some Vincent and Jacob slides right in there with that hairy garment on and some meat cooked up real fine. And he deceives, he deceives Isaac into giving him Esau's blessing. Chapter 28, we find that Jacob has the dream and he sees the angels descending and coming. He lays on the pillow as a stone because he's had to run, see. He's had to run from Esau because of the way he's done him. As a matter of fact, and this might be important later, Jacob's name means trickster or supplanter. He's had to run and he lays down and he makes his head, the pillar, uh, the stone a pillar and he ends up anointing that place called Bethel where he saw the dream. He ends up in chapter 29 having children by both Leah and Rachel. In 30, there's a dispute between his wives. And then in chapter 31 through 32, Jacob starts back toward the homeland to see Esau. Now, he has, he has no idea, see, how Esau's going to take him. Because he's done everything that Esau can be done to anybody. So he gets over there close. And he separates into two bands. Cause, and he says, if Esau should fall on one of us, at least he'll have somebody of his family left to live. And finally, he gets to the point where he's so afraid about what Esau might do that he separates himself completely from the rest of his family. See, he's made a mess. Yeah. He's endangered everybody. So he goes and he crosses over the stream. And that night, the story that I just read you, that night, he wrestles with a man. Now, we know this is a Christophany. It's a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. And so all night long, Jacob wrestles with the Lord. God started working, working on my heart this week and talking to me a little bit about wrestling with the Lord. Wrestling with the Lord. Now, there's several things that can be learned from Jacob's life and that I could preach on this morning. One of the most magnificent things that I could preach on is the fact that God, if God used Jacob, he can use anybody. He can use anybody. If he used Jacob... There's not a person in here that's outside the realm of the possibility of being used. Because Jacob was about as tricky and underhanded a Bible character as you'll ever find. But there came a time in Jacob's life where he had to deal with I want to preach on wrestling with the Lord a little while. And like I said, I don't really have a big fancy outline. But I just want to speak to you from my heart. 
I want to tell you what God just told me this week. The first thing that we'll notice in the story of Jacob, Brother Neil, is the reality of Jacob's struggles. Jacob is a, a great picture and type in the Old Testament of the flesh. He always followed after the fleshly things in life. He was always interested in getting ahead. He was always interested in feeding himself. He was number one. He had self-love. He loved himself more than he loved anything else. And Jacob is a wonderful picture of the flesh. Now it would be crazy for any of us in here this morning to say Jacob didn't really have that many problems. Yeah, he did. He did. It's black and white. It's right there in your Bible. Jacob, there was a reality of Jacob's struggles. Now I want to give you a reality check this morning. And that is that everybody in this building, me included, you included, all of us, have struggles. <laughs> Something. And what it is, see, Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. What it is, is when you look in the mirror in the, in the morning, you're looking at what you struggle with. Right. It's this robe of flesh that we put on every day. See it? The flesh don't want to do what God wants it to do. It wants to kick against what God wants. The flesh still has fleshly desires uh, and fleshly wants. And that's what the devil encourages, see. The devil says, do what feels good. Uh, do what comes natural. Do what makes your flesh happy. That's the kind of things. And it's a reality, everybody in here. You say, oh, preacher, not me. Yeah, you too. Everybody. Everybody's got sin. that Now, there's some people that struggle with sin because they're lost. I believe that. The longer I live, the more I realize there's more lost people than I think. Because I convince my people that, oh, so-and-so, he's, he's saved. But then after I watch a little, it's like, uh-oh, maybe not. So there's some people that struggle with, they struggle with sin because they've never had a relationship with Christ. It's not that they had a relationship and backslid out of a relationship. It's that they have never had a relationship to start with with Christ. And so they, 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 can't, they can't have, they have, they struggle. But there are others that struggle with sin in their life that are saved. They're on their way to heaven when they die, but they wake up in the flesh and they have a decision to make. Their decision that you and I and everybody in here has to make is either we're going to walk right and we're going to do right and we're going to live right and we're going to bring honor and glory to the Lord or we're going to give in to this temple that we live in called this old rotten flesh that's pulling us and wanting us to and, and we're going to bring dishonor uh, and we're going to bring discord. Uh, it's a decision that each and every one of us wake up with every day. Now, I don't have to decide in the morning whether or not I'm going to be saved. I will be saved in the morning when I wake up. I'll be saved 50 years from now when I wake up. But there is a decision that I have to make on how close I want to have a relationship with the Lord. I have a, I, that's a decision that, and it's up to me to make it. I can blame it on Brother Neil. I can blame it on 
uh, Rachel, I can blame it on the deacons, I can blame it on the church, but really when it boils right down to it, Rachel doesn't decide whether or not I walk with God. Neil doesn't decide whether or not I walk with God. That's a decision that I make. I have to decide, when I get up in the morning, I have to decide, am I going to bring honor and glory to God today? Am I going to deny the flesh and the uh, lust thereof? Uh, Am I going to decide to do right? Uh, Or am I going to be content living a life with no victory uh, and living a life with no power uh, and living a life with with no help? Are you hearing what I'm preaching this morning? There's the reality of Jacob's struggles. Now, I had a man tell me one time, he pastored a church and he said, boy, I about got this thing whipped. He said, I got just a few ladies that are wearing breeches and if I get that straightened out, I got it all whipped. And I thought, oh, you, de- you deceive yourself. <laughs> you deceive yourself. If I get down to where that's all I've got to preach on, boy, I am, I'm doing good. <laughs> People in churches, Living in fornication. People in churches. It's going to get quiet. People in churches living in lies. People in churches harboring hatred in their heart toward their fellow man. Oh, we've got, see, we've got problems. You say, why does the church not have power? It's a sin problem. In the end, it's a sin problem. And so what happened, with, what happened with Jacob was there's a reality with his struggles. Now, there's this danger, see, of me doing this. So I'm going to bring myself down a notch and just be real straight up and vulnerable with you. I struggle. Don't come in here thinking you're the only one that has struggled with sin this week. Me and Randall, we worked, I worked Friday and me and him was riding down the road and I told him, I said, you know, Randall, I struggle with stuff in my life. I struggle with it. I, I want to do it. My flesh, see, wants to do things. Sometimes I'm afraid that us preachers get ourselves up here on a pedestal somehow and you think, oh, he don't never do nothing wrong. Listen, I wake up every morning and face it. I struggle. There's things my flesh wants to do. There's times that my I have to say, no way, Jose. I can't. I'm not doing that. But then there's times that I don't do so hot. Now listen to me. There's the reality of struggles. You can say, I never struggle with anything. You struggle with lines, what you struggle with. <laughs> if you're in here this morning and you say, I don't, I don't ever struggle with anything, then you're lying is what you struggle with. 